0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie, figure out what other movies inspired it, and uh, I don't know if you guys missed us last week, I mean we did have a mini episode, but we didn't have a regular episode because, well, things happen, but we are back with a new episode, hopefully one of two for this week. Uh, We should be recording one on Mandy, actually, uh, tomorrow. And so as long as that goes off, we'll be uh, getting that one up on Friday. But today we are talking about Well, let's uh, get into some other stuff before we get to the movie. Uh, As usual, I want to remind you all, please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And uh, based on the numbers, you guys are subscribing because uh, every new episode, even that many, I didn't expect, uh, I figured, you know, I don't know. I just assume people just download the ones they want to listen to, but the downloads are going up on the mini. So clearly you guys are subscribed. So I want to thank you all for that. Seriously. Um, If you're enjoying the show, You can rate and review us on iTunes, which would be awesome. And it would be also awesome if you just got in touch and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, We want to know your thoughts on the format of the show, uh, what you like, what you don't like. Specifically about the episodes, uh, you can let us know if we left out any puzzle pieces or if you think we're ridiculous in some of the puzzle pieces that we uh, mention and discuss on the show. Uh, You can also follow us on social media, at piecingpod.com. You can also join our Facebook group, piecing it together, a movie discussion group, and uh, that—that's pretty much you know the whole opening spiel that I have to do on every episode. So why don't we just get to it? Today we are talking about the Predator, which is a sequel to the classic. Alien, monster, whatever you want to call it, movie. Uh, Originally, the Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s. uh, A sequel that wasn't quite as good in the, uh, was it early 90s or late 80s? Yeah, I think early 90s. Um, And then those awful Aliens vs. Predator movies, followed by a pretty good follow-up, Predators from Robert Rodriguez. And now, the reins have been handed to one of the co-stars from the original Predator, Shane Black who, as most of you who listen, who know me, know, I love Shane Black. He is one of my favorite writers, favorite... uh, The Nice Guys is one of my favorite movies of the last decade. I love Shane Black. So, despite thinking this was a very strange choice for him, I was really looking forward to this movie. As you'll hear as we get into the conversation, eh, it's a little mix, but um, we're going to get into it. Me and returning co-host Ryan Darty, Let's get to it. so it's been a while, but Ryan Darty is back on the show. Ryan, how are you doing, man?
1: Hey, 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 not too bad. Ready to talk about this movie.
0: All right, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I think a lot of people would think we're crazy for even bothering with, but I think there's a lot of fun things to talk about with it, <laughs> and uh, I think you even liked it a little more than me. But uh, I think I did, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, before we even like jump into our puzzle pieces, I was doing a little research today. Uh, I, I wanted to like kind of refresh my memory on the whole predator series a little bit. And also just this specific movie, because I, I, I literally watched eight movies that weekend. (laughs) And so it's like kind of a little blurry, but, um, so I wanted to like refresh my memory. And as I'm like, Going through some reviews of this particular movie and like remembering scenes and moments and stuff, I'm like, yeah. God damn it, this movie is ridiculous, like in a fun, good way. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so ridiculous. And I'm sure that's not what.
1: Predator fans want,
0: but sure. um it, it it's what it is, you know.
1: So I think that actually ties in. We should probably get this off right off the bat. Like you don't have any nostalgia for the for the uh Predator franchise, right? Like you
0: not, you... not really. I, I think I always thought it was a cool character, but I think I only saw like the first two Predators like one time each, you know? Yeah, I like just, like I, just, like, I, I, I think cool, I saw
1: but... like the first half of Predator one. Like when I was like 15 or something. And I don't think I've seen it since. I have unfortunately seen both Alien versus Predators, <laughs> oh, But um, yeah, I haven't seen uh, Predator 2 or um, uh, the Robert Rodriguez one, which I, I am told I got to see one of these days.
0: Yeah, that was so. actually pretty good. Um, but again, I saw it one time and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is good. I like it. But uh, yeah, no, it, it doesn't it didn't like stay with me or anything like that. It's just it was fun at the time.
1: I think there's there's definitely a decent chance that some of my um my references uh, would actually have been more applicable to uh, the Robert Rodriguez Predator in terms of <laughs> like that was probably the first movie where they made X, Y, or Z changes in the franchise. But because I haven't seen this one, this is the first time I've been like, oh, this is what Predator movies are like nowadays. Uh, that's, and stuff. that's
0: possible. Maybe, maybe I'll, uh, I'll stop you at times. And yeah. Like, yeah, that could have been a Predators uh, reference. Yeah, I, I, but you're um, you're
1: a big Shane Black fan, though. so I, I imagine am a big had- Shane Black fan. Yeah. some level of uh high hopes walking into this
0: i had huge hopes and like when it was first announced i was like you know why is he doing this um and i'm still not 100 percent sure if i know why <laughs> but I, I, have, I have my my suspicions but um but, but uh yeah no i'm a huge shane black fan and um I mean, uh, that's kind of where I was going into this movie, is sure. it's the new Shane Black movie, not the new
1: Predator movie. And a lot sure, of that. sure, which is definitely an you interesting know? way to walk into it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, all right, well, you know what? We might as well jump in then. What is your first puzzle piece?
1: Sure. So uh, I'm going to start with a real basic one here, um, which I'm, I'm actually going to specifically cite Alien versus Predator 2 specifically okay. that one which was uh, have you seen that one i don't remember it's <laughs> I don't not think I, I was good. trying to remember if i saw
0: them yeah i i am pretty That's sure i saw one the with, first the, alien versus predator
1: so the second yeah. one is the one where there's the half predator half alien the predalien um <laughs> And it's and there's the predators who come and the few humans at first are like oh man we got to stop the predator the predator's the bad guy and then the super predator shows up because that's the predalien and the humans are like oh that thing's way worse so then the the regular predator is trying to kill the super predator and the humans are trying to kill the super predator um, and it's just the same goddamn plot in this movie like it was like I'm not necessarily saying that the predator franchise should or or the alien franchise should be known for their like um realism or like crazy innovative plots but if if you were gonna pick a predator movie to rip off why would you pick up the one that was objectively known as the worst predator movie of all time which is avp2 um (laughs) and like like um Uh, AVP one has the humans teaming up with the predator versus the alien. And that's kind of similar, but like very specifically the predalien in AVP two is like just a stronger predator. So it's like, there's the humans, there's the predator, and then there's the more or less just the super predator again
0: going at it.
1: Um I'm going to say, say I, I
0: probably did not see Alien vs Predator 2 because I I do not remember a previous super predator of any form a, a pred alien.
1: Yeah, it was it, it, I don't even remember what it looked like. I, it definitely still had like the dreads that a predator has and a kind of like of xenomorphy face. Um another another thing related to that movie is the um the the predator who is the quote unquote good guy in AVBP2 is um like just it's it's by far the most incompetent predator you ever see on screen <laughs> in any of the predator films and they made like such a big deal about like how that w- like the the main character predator in this one was i think it was like a female instead of a male or it was like a like a uh, a high, highly trained one or something so they were like this is going to be like the toughest most badass predator ever Um, and then like the whole movie is like aliens sneaking up on it or like it getting like (laughs) blindsided, like, like it just gets his ass kicked the entire movie. Um, I don't match for the script. No, I'm, I'm (laughs) (laughs) pretty, I don't think it kills the predalien or vice versa, but it very much did remind me of the way that just like super predator comes in and just like wipes the floor with regular predator. Um, And I think they might even first encounter each other in, like, a high school or something like that at night. Like, the same... I th- right, I think when the Super Predator showed up in The Predator, they were at, like, a high school or a middle school or something, weren't they? Right, I think so, I'm yeah. pretty sure the same thing happened in AVP2. That was, like, where everyone converged was because they were trying to, like, get to the roof of a high school or something like that. That's but so I haven't bizarre. seen AVP2 since it was in theaters, and that was the only time I saw it. So I might be misremembering some of that
0: man that is so bizarre that it would be that similar of a story because you would think you know shane black would come with you know a lot of originality and and you know stuff like that but i mean
1: it did bring uh,
0: some of his humor but i mean yeah. i guess as far as a clever script goes it's kind of just well
1: uh, avp2 definitely like avp2 is much more kind of like uh the jeepers creepers is movie where it's just like normal folks uh i think in like uh, midwestern america getting picked off by these stronger things like i don't think there was very much in the way of um like macho soldiers fighting back against mm. the the predators or anything like that um it's funny
0: you say that because i remember when this movie was first announced um i think that like what everybody thought it was supposed to be was the predator in the suburbs and yeah. we don't really get that much of that. It's uh, certainly there, but it, it's kind of all over the place. It's back in the jungle, it's in war fields, it's, like, at a high school. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's basically uh, a little bit of everything. It's not just the predator in the suburbs.
1: Yeah, and I guess we we should probably actually kind of mention that real quick, that the, um, the original ending for the movie was much more... Um, like, like, I'm pretty sure it was in the daytime, and it had like good predators teaming up with the humans against the super predator and stuff like that. And apparently, yeah, it was yeah. uh, very drastically different from anything anyone else, you know, expected. Uh, I don't necessarily know that it was an innovative plot, but it it, it seemed different for a predator movie. And then, like, mm. the executives, I think, were basically like, you know there's no one really being hunted down like in, and that's why the last, and then he reshot the last third of the movie. And that's why for the most part, like the last third of the movie is the whole first movie condensed into like 25 minutes and edited terribly. (laughs) Um,
0: because, like, so you, sense.
1: you make it two thirds of the way through the movie and, like, nobody has died yet. And then, like, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe they're just not going to do that. Maybe they're like the original Predator, you know, they're kind of getting picked off over the course of the movie, like a body every 15 minutes kind of thing. But mm-hmm. in this mo- case, we hit, you know, the, like, hour 10 minute mark and every named character was still alive, basically. Um, And then just really quick, they toss them all in the woods and make it hunt them down and stuff like that.
0: Especially Sterling K. Brown. Oh, my God. The the, the human villain. And uh, yeah, he just uh, no one even remembers him dying. Like, I I genuinely
1: didn't notice it. And and I love Sterling K. Brown. Um, I've only seen him in a few things. (laughs) But that dude, I, I think if you give him like smug dialogue. Like he does such a good, like I'm in charge of everything here kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I don't know if he survived in the original one, but like literally in the final scene of the movie, I was expecting there to be a scene where the main character like looks at Sterling K Brown and is like, I'm your boss now or something like that. And I'm like, why, why is he not in this, the laboratory? Like, did he get fired or something? And my dad's like, I don't know either. He just kind of disappeared in the middle. And apparently he blew his own fucking head off. And I didn't even notice it. Like that, that should have been an incredibly funny scene. A dude accidentally blowing his head off with a predator gun. And I didn't even notice it happen. And I like went on Reddit and like tons of other people were the same thing. Like where the fuck did the spec ops guy go? ridiculous. I wonder if that was because uh, he wasn't around for like I wonder if because they had to do the reshoots and reshot the whole end uh, if that was an example of like he could only be on set for like a day so possible. Um, right because like you can certainly tell certain people get like a lot more screen time in the end um, sure. and it seemed like he was not one of them by the time they get to the the final scene where everything sort of restarts he mostly just yeah. disappears <laughs> i don't know it's uh, i got to i, I got to tell myself that that's appear. what it was was they only had like a body double who looked nothing like like they just had like keegan michael keepy his body double and they're like <laughs> you don't look anything like him it was like okay we'll just blow his head off real quick so nobody notices and also we'll make it happen like off camera <laughs>
0: I, I hope that uh, this you know once this movie comes out on Blu-ray or whatever that that scene goes online so that way I can watch it. I yeah, yeah, it gets a to even if it's just three seconds long. But yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, I I, uh, I have
1: zero recollection of it happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, so uh, what you know do you what? got? Since since yeah, since we were talking about the Super Predator and uh, teaming up with the uh, the creature from the first one to fight the new creature, uh, I was going to do this one later, but I'll do this one first. Um, it's Jurassic Park and it's actually for two, two reasons. The first reason, like I was just saying, um, in the later, especially these new ones, Jurassic world, it seems like we're always teaming up with raptors and Tyrannosauruses to fight off. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And so that, that was the first reason I brought it up. Um, which is, uh, you know, it, I'm sure there's a lot of other movies and plus better movies where that's been <laughs> done before but I was kind of racking my brain to think of it. Um, but definitely Jurassic Park it's been done um, but also uh, the other reason I thought of Jurassic Park was when Olivia Munn is so abruptly introduced um, she walks into the uh, like the science laboratory and she's just like so like in awe of all the fancy equipment and that totally reminded yeah. me of when uh, the scientists arrive in Jurassic Park for the first time
1: sure sure no that's a good one i was definitely trying for a while to like find movie movie examples of the like we thought this guy was the bad guy for the first half and then once we killed him like it turns yeah. out he was kind of helping protect us from the bad guy and like that that trope comes up a lot but not in a direct we then need to kind of team up with the guy against the other one but yeah absolutely the um the the girl ron howard's daughter getting um the the T-Rex to fight the like Indominus Rex or whatever they called it. That's (laughs) like, that's so along the lines of like what, um, like what happened in this movie, basically.
0: (laughs) They could have just called him super Tyrannosaurus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause that's like literally, it's like, Oh, and even, I think, I think he may, that one may have had the ability to like keep evolving after it was born too the same way that like the super predator could also shout out to the dumbest line of all time, which is, did you see it just grew an exoskeleton under its skin? And it's like, you know what they call an exoskeleton (laughs) that's under your skin, a fucking skeleton.
0: (laughs) This script, man, I, I just, I, I can't imagine what was like going on in that writing room with, with, uh, Shane Black and, uh, the other guy that, wrote with him he's written yeah yeah, it's like his usual writing uh, yeah frank decker or fred decker or something there you go yeah i can't imagine that writing room like they're just just throwing whatever the fuck
1: you know like
0: not even. i I gotta imagine
1: that they they what they did was like they wrote an actual serious predator script with the goal of like let's write a, a predator script for like a 70 minute long movie Maybe, maybe like a a 60 minute long movie. And then once that was done, they then just took every scene and was like, okay, after the main thing in this scene happens, what can we just throw in there that immediately makes fun of what just happened? Like, it was such a weird attempt at subverting the tropes.
0: It really, really is. And I, you know, I was going to talk about this later, but we might as well talk about it right now. I, I, I had this theory. And I, I mentioned it in our uh, Piecing It Together a movie discussion group, which anyone who's listening should join. Absolutely. Um, but, and I, I may be totally just totally off base here, but I feel like Shane Black was going for uh, kind of a send-up of how corny and cheesy 80s movies are if you take away all the nostalgia that we have for them. Oh, 100%. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And, and, and I mean, people don't seem to want to go down... I mean, you're agreeing with me, but people don't seem to want to go down that road with me, I think, because of that nostalgia. But, I mean, if you watch a lot of 80s movies, they're really corny. It's just that we loved them as kids, so we still love them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like he was trying to capture that, in a way. And, uh, again, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he just wrote a terrible screenplay or they <laughs> chopped it up so much, you know, in editing. You know, it's very possible, but... I I do think it was almost like a concept album of a movie like you know trying to recreate that time in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways um I also mentioned there's a, like a lot of offensive humor in this movie yeah, yeah. that like really doesn't fly in today's culture, but it's there and it was back in the '80s as well. Yeah, like it's definitely
1: um, something that like Jesse Ventura would say on camera yeah. and like <laughs> and in a, in a movie nowadays, it's like why why would you possibly get away with this? And it helps that like every actor like it just constantly has like a smirk and a hint of a southern accent like at all times (laughs) i'd actually i'd I'd love to get your your opinion on um the the cast specifically because i I was reading quite a few reviews and and to me um going into this movie the cast was my biggest red flag for sure because there's like we don't necessarily have a the same kind of macho movie star culture that we did in the 80s and anyone who's like a new rising star in that field is already in the expendables movies right like dave batista or like all the the mma guys um so i and going into like i'm a a huge fan of thomas jane and he's really the only guy i knew going into this movie but i was like yeah thomas jane works as like a a tough guy kind of dude um and A lot lot of reviews I've been reading, people have been like, oh, it seems like they're all kind of making jokes in a vacuum. There's no real... I thought they had great charisma with each other, personally. Like, I genuinely... Like, the minute they were all introduced, I was immediately playing a game of who's going to die first. um, Ignoring the British guy, because, like, very obviously, he was going to die first, because he didn't have any lines. But um, besides that, like, I liked... All the characters, I was surprised that, like, I was super on board with Keegan-Michael Key as, like, in a Predator movie is really the only way to yeah, put right. it. Um, that dude who that role was clearly written for 50 Cent, but they couldn't get him. Um, I don't. So they got the guy from it, it, I'm Moonlight. so right, though. That Like, I actually looked it up later because, like, I, I I've not seen Moonlight, which I guess was that guy's other big movie. Um, so, Uh so I I didn't know that actor ahead of time. Uh, and I loved him, but the whole time I was like, this was definitely a role written for 50 Cent. And then I looked up the casting earlier, and it actually was written for 50 Cent. Wow. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. 50 Cent was supposed (laughs) to be in the movie. I can't imagine he was any character besides that character. Yeah. Um, that makes uh, sense. And originally, Benicio del Toro was supposed to be the main character, too. Um, Huh. And that would have been interest. Like I don't. I've never seen Sicario, so I've never seen tough guy oh. Benicio. Um, I'm pr- I'm presuming he's a tough guy. In that. Um,
0: he, he's not really a tough guy, and he's more like mysterious. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, but that that would be really. Yeah, we call it on our Sicario two episode. It said like he's like a uh the the nice version of uh, Anton Chigurh. Basically.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that totally <laughs> yeah. works. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, so I, I really dug all the cast members. I I liked how, um, you know, the sequence where they're wrestling over the gun and every five minutes it's revealed that something else is another bet or things like, yeah. I, I believe them as a bunch of dudes who are like, we got fucked by the system. So we just don't give a fuck now. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, did, did you think they were, obviously the dialogue was corny, like you said, but like, did you. Did you buy into them as tough guys? Did you buy into them as comrades? Um, what did you think about them in general?
0: Well, i I thought the the introduction on the bus was a little uh, slow, and I, I was I think super on the, the nose there. Yeah, it was super on the nose, and I didn't think a lot of the jokes landed really that well. But yes. as soon as they got off the bus, I loved everything about them their camaraderie their joking most of the jokes landed after that point you know yeah. like when they're at the the guy's house and when they're at uh whatever the other locations were like a farm but, um, or a barn
1: or whatever yeah
0: yeah all all that oh in a hotel room all that was great and it really worked really well um i, I totally know, it's, will it's give it to you that yeah the, the
1: first introducing everyone on the bus was a lot messier yeah. than everything else I
0: think the biggest problem was the main character. Uh sure. what's it Boyd Hallbrook? Boyd Hoydbrook or
1: something or
0: <laughs> close enough. Yeah, no, he was a, he was the hardest one to get behind. He's just such a I, I he's such a dated character, kind of like, Oh, absolutely. You know, like the just a really kinda silly you could picture that guy starring in the next Transformers, you know what I mean? Like just yeah, yeah. not
1: I haven't I haven't really... seen Narcos, so I'm not really like super into him the way I know a lot of people That's really right. like Narcos.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I forgot he was from there. The only thing I the only other thing I've seen him in was um he played the exact same character in Logan. Um oh, So, he was, oh, he, was yeah, he was like the robot hand guy that. in Logan. Um oh, I forgot about that. He yeah. he always just like everything I've seen him in he plays the like smug, tough guy, vaguely Texan. Um, yeah. <laughs> dude, but I mean, he does a good job of, I feel like being intense without being physically intimidating, which I assume is also what mm-hmm. he does in Narcos. So yeah, cool. yeah.
0: Absolutely. He, he was tougher yeah, no, that, that's than he should have been. <laughs> yeah, no, it just, it just not, He doesn't carry the movie well, but luckily there's so many other people yeah. to, you know, take it over for him. I mean, really Olivia Munn should be the main character, but because it's so messy, it's like kind of just all over the place, you know, her character definitely Um,
1: smacked of having like a lot of other deleted scenes. Um, Yes, absolutely. Like her introduction was super rushed. Um, I feel like they were probably going to come back to the fact, I feel like the original ending probably came back to the fact that uh, the predator ignored her while she was naked. Um mm-hmm. the in the ending she like teleports halfway across the jungle to like be able to rip <laughs> the super predators like dreadlocks out. Also real quick. Yeah. Um so this kind of ties into something I was going to bring up as another one of mine which which I sort of no nah, I'll I'll wait till the next one to bring it up. But um I think th- this movie definitely accepted the fact that like the predator as a character is not scary. Like Predator 1, you know, was <laughs> was kind of like a horror movie too, and you didn't see it for a lot of the time. And I'm going to I'm going to tie scary back because
0: you didn't see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm going to tie back into that um for another one later, but specifically embracing that. I just want to talk about the fact that like this predator, the the super predator, the entire time like chose not to use camo and like chose not to like wear the face mask helmet that like all the predators wear. And then immediately, how does this thing die? A human like jumps on his back and shoots it in the back of the head like six times, which, (laughs) you know, the helmet that every other predator wears all the time would have immediately stopped that from happening. But the stupid fucking super predator is like i don't need armor i've got an exoskeleton underneath my skin his his you know his
0: vanity got uh got the best of him
1: yeah right (laughs) like he like he was having a good hair day with his dreads and he didn't want to mess with it (laughs) and then in the end she got he got killed because olivia munn was able to like walk up behind the most perfect killing machine in the universe and just shoot it in the back of the skull
0: too bad it, it, that thing didn't have uh, one of those guns that just shoots at whatever it senses danger. Yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> that that was, that scene was like, I had to like stop and be like, I've definitely saw that exact scene in Iron Man Three, which I guess is the only Shane Black movie I have seen before. Um, but like, I'm pretty sure that exact scene happened. in uh, in so Iron Black Man Three, loves
0: AI guns. He's yeah, man. yeah. Like, I,
1: like I think there was a scene where, like a bully picked on the kid in the fucking Iron Man gauntlet, like immediately shot him or something. Or if it wasn't, it should have been um, ridiculous. That was.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, what would your uh, what would your next puzzle piece be then? So,
1: I'll, I'll I will uh, I'll keep riding that train then. With uh, so I'm going to specifically cite. Um, you're going to notice a pattern in the movies I'm picking this time around. Uh, okay. Alien Two, Aliens. Okay. Um Now, Aliens was, you know, still, it was a scary movie in a lot of ways, but it very much decided to not necessarily treat the Alien as if it was scary. Like, the Aliens was scary because the things they did was scary. But, like, in in Alien 1, you know, the Alien was almost never on screen. It was very mysterious. Mm -hmm. It was picking people off one by one. And, um... You, you you didn't see it very much until the end and predator 1 was very much like that where you had you know the predator sneaking up on people um presumably that was like like budget was part of the reason um that why sure. they made it invisible for so much of it um and then you get to aliens which is just cool yeah we're going to a couple people are already aware that the aliens are a thing. We're just going to show them right on screen, like right in your face where they're not going to sneak around on you anymore. And it's just going to be a group of like wisecracking, tough guys, taking them down. Um, and predator, predator, the predator seemed like very much that evolution of like, they didn't even really bother hiding the predator. Um, they just immediately were like, this is a predator. These are a group of tough guys. Like the, you know, in the first movie, this thing picked you off based on the fact that it was like stealthy and scary. And now it's like, well, we've already used that surprise. We've lost that edge. So we're just going to make it very strong and you're going to shoot bullets at it. And it's going to shoot stronger bullets back at you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pr- pretty bold
0: move, by the way, that I, bl- if I remember correctly, the very first character you see is the predator while it's crash landing. Right? Yeah, I think so. Like imme- immediately you're seeing the predator. It's not, it's not, it's like not in nighttime. It's just right there in the light, like, you know, in the spaceship.
1: And now this might be one of the ones where they might have done that exact same thing in the Robert Rodriguez Predators. Because um, I have heard that he wanted Predators to be the aliens of Predator. Um, so I don't know how, if there's horror in the Robert Rodriguez Predators or if there's still an element of mystery. I know there's a lot more Predators and it like goes in their culture a little more. So I'm assuming it's much more these are the Predators, there's not really any surprise or mystique kind of thing. But this was the first Predator movie I've seen where there wasn't any surprise or mystique around the Predator. So I'm still citing Aliens for that one, even if it should gotcha. have been I, cited. I like it. Uh, no, it, makes,
0: if- it definitely makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, because Predator and Predator 2 are are kind of along the same lines, and then then you get to the Aliens of alien with the predator yeah um and yeah i don't i don't recall predators doing that i think okay. predators was more um more suspenseful and more uh because they're being hunted and you know on a different planet and all sure. that stuff and so i like yeah so i think it was still a lot more suspenseful and everything still a lot more mysterious it wasn't just Let's just throw a bunch of predators
1: out. Yeah, it. and it's a very weak <laughs> least. That's like, funny. you know, um, like Aliens, they were super cracky in that movie, too. Sure. Um, so yeah. they definitely had a bit of the same, like, these dudes are just, you know, making a quip every 45 seconds while they're fighting.
0: Well, let, let, what it is, and, it, you know, it's a great lead-up to my next one, which I'll mention in a second. Yeah. But what it is, it's take taking this, like, character from a scary movie and... uh Making it into a blockbuster, yeah, you know? yeah, and giving giving the people what they want, you know, and uh, let, let's just make it big and huge and exciting and fun, and put <laughs> it out on a holiday weekend, you know. Although actually, I think this was like the last release of the summer, wasn't it? Something um, like that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that leads into my next puzzle piece really well, actually, uh, which is um, another fun alien action movie. Uh, it's Independence Day.
1: Okay, I have to ask this very uh, specifically. Independence Day 1 or Independence Day 2?
0: Okay, you know what? That's a good question. I When I wrote down Independence Day, I forgot Independence Day 2 was a movie.
1: You know what? Because so, here's the thing. That's why... Um, so I was talking to you beforehand, and I said I picked one movie that I'm pretty sure you're also going to pick specifically for the last 10 minutes, and that was Independence Day 2. Because the last 15 nice. minutes, 10 minutes, was 100% all the worst parts of independence day 2.
0: like you're so right. And I totally fr- see, I swear. I think most of independence day two left my brain. As soon oh, as it was
1: not good. I knew, I knew you were as disappointed yeah. with that as I, so right, you talk <laughs> about independence day one, and then I will talk about independence day. Two.
0: <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I'm excited to talk about two now. Oh, but, fantastic. Uh, yeah, no <laughs> independence day one, which I love. Of oh, course, it's so good. Um, but, Yeah, but it is, you know, just a dumb, fun, campy, alien sci-fi action movie with jokes, and and then uh, one specific scene, really, is, like, the lab with the alien on display for everybody to look at, which was so so reminiscent of that first independence day movie was it was just like it well i mean even Um, more so with the
1: alternate ending because you know in the alternate ending they go to area 51 and there are just other predators there like waiting being like oh hey guys we're good guys we don't we don't think we should be like eating people and (laughs) so like that's like very on board and i think the independence day dudes had dreads too didn't they like our, I believe no, so. they were yeah. kind of squiddy or something or Yeah,
0: they were like squid dreads, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they were definitely dread like
1: all, all comes <laughs> back to dreads. <laughs> Aliens are just appropriating culture like left and right. It's <laughs> disgusting.
2: It is absolutely...
0: I am I I will not stand for it to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> cultural appropriation well, why don't we go been to worse. <laughs> Why don't we go to your uh Independence Day 2 puzzle piece? Right?
1: Sure. So Independence Day 2. I saw I saw a review once for Independence Day 2 that talked about how promising the end of Independence Day 2 was for one reason, which is we don't really have we don't make movies where humans are taking the fight to the aliens. Like that's not really a premise right. that like ever gets made into movies. And a lot of um Independence Day 2 is based around the premise of like, oh, we've had this alien technology. We've been like figuring out how to reverse engineer it and weaponize it. And I think independence day two ends with them like finding, oh, oh, actually independence day two, very specifically there's um, there's that thing that they think is the evil alien item at first and they're attacking it right, and they're, they're trying to crack to it. And then it turns out it's another breed of alien. Who's like, Hey, I'm here to show you how to stop um, that breed. Of Alien um, yeah and Which then it's no sense yeah no of course not and then they take all of that <laughs> technology and they you know retrofit it on the human technology and I think at the end they like find out how to get to the um, to the evil alien homeworld or something and there's like well what are we gonna do we're gonna take the fight to them kind of thing and the whole last like 10 minutes of this movie is exactly that. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. We've got the super weapon that the hippie predator tried to give to us. And now we can like use it to take the fight back to the predators next time they come and visit us. And it just, yeah, it just like, again, kind of a promising concept for another movie but like that'll never happen. N- not what you want for predator. <laughs> also, let's talk about the fact that the suit was called the Predator Killer suit, and it was supposed to be like the ultimate weapon. And at best, it turns one human into one slightly stronger than a normal predator predator. Like, that's all it does. Like it doesn't it doesn't turn you into a predator killer, it turns you into a predator. But they Basically, already established yeah. this movie starts with a predator getting the shit beaten out of it like we've already like it, <laughs> like that suit would make you strong enough to handle the dude in the first third of the movie who only exists yeah. to show you how strong the dude in the second two thirds of the movie are and there's only Olivia one of those suits. could
0: still kill you. Like, it, like Olivia Munn could still kill you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, I think there's a helmet on the back of that one. So I so say you're oh, okay. okay. But like it, 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 it seemed like it was a very literal definition of it's a tool you could use to kill a predator. Not like you could use to kill the predators or anything like that. And it just felt well, as, very much. As we much-
0: know, that ending was completely tacked on, uh, and it was originally supposed to end a lot differently, like you were telling me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So apparently, in that very ending, uh, in, in the in the super original ending, in addition to teaming up with the other predators, they um, almost immediately. Apparently, the other predators almost immediately get massacred. But that's why there's all that like <laughs> behind the scenes footage of like predators wearing like army fatigue pants and stuff. It's all, and there's like the shot of like a predator at like the back of like a a truck-mounted chain gun or whatever, and like I would love to see those shots, like as goofy as they would be. I would love to see like. A predator with like a MAGA hat on and like dog tags and a cigar, just like (laughs) shooting shotguns at other predators. It doesn't even make
0: sense. Why would it? Why would it need human weapons? Like it's so stupid. Even that idea. It's
1: (laughs) probably actually. So this movie really made me think of that. Is um. So they make a big deal about how the whole Predator culture is that they're, like, all the greatest warriors and shit like that. But they've got so much technology, which means there there has to be a huge industry back on Predator Homeworld of, like, Predator DARPA, basically. Like, this camo isn't making itself. These crazy, like, helmets that, like, I would love to see a movie just about, like, the Predator version of Q like how amazing would that be cuz like like that shit's like predators are not super smart like well i mean they're smart but they're not like they they don't really show anything that implies that the predators have like a lot of technical prowess or anything which clearly means right, that there are tools. like so so it, so that probably means that the soldiers are not making their own technology which means that like there is just a bunch of like predator nerds who are like stuck in like the lab all day And they've established that their whole society is based around your respect is how much you kill. So these dudes have to be the least respected people like in predator culture. And yet their entire society hinges on these nerds like making camo suits and making like helmets that if a rock hits you on the back of the head, it blows up a village and stuff like. And I feel like um, I
0: feel like Shane Black would have been more equipped to make this movie. Cause it kind of reminds me of like a, like an eighties John Hughes type thing. Like, you know, <laughs> and they're like, they're like teasing him, like shut up predator nerd. And like, you know, pushing him into a locker and stuff. I like
1: do know that. college humor did a video once with, um, with like predators, like angsty emo teenage son. Who's like, dad, I don't want to kill things. <laughs> like I'm a vegan. And he's like, I was a hunter. Your my father was a hunter. My father's father was a hunter. And he's like, well, I want to be a rock star dad. And, like, I love to take it further. And, like, someone's got to, like, build their spaceships and stuff. Like, I just, there's so much of their society hinges around that, like, nobody wants to do the work that's necessary for them to be able to do that. And I'm sure there's, like, a Predator comic that has explained this, that there's, like an alien race they have enslaved that like builds tools for them. But just, I love the idea that, cause I believe the predators in the original ending were like predator scientist hippies, basically. And that's why they were like, we came to earth to help you. Cause we don't want like us to like eat people anymore. Basically.
0: <laughs> Do you think we will uh, live long enough to see the Prometheus of predator?
1: Oh, my um, God. Wait, 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 wait.
0: I, uh, finding out all the mystery and f- finding out exactly how they were made and now they're everything.
1: Well, I actually <laughs> did make a note to ask you how this compared to um, Alien Covenant, uh, specifically mm-hmm. because I I haven't seen Alien Covenant, but... Um, You know, Alien Covenant was kind of a movie that was tasked with simultaneously being a reboot of the franchise slash a remake of the first one and also trying to change up the game and make a new type of bad guy and kind of change the genre. And I feel like The Predator um, did that a lot too, where like the ending is kind of a remake of the first movie and the characters are kind of just... Palette swaps of the characters from the first movie, but like also sure. it's trying to introduce a new type of bad guy, and also like make things a little more philosophical, and also um, introducing some level of like um, like changing up the game. And, and I kind of wondered if Alien Covenant sort of did the same thing. Uh, how that felt in comparison to The Predator, um, treating them as almost like. Equivalent entries in their franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, you've seen Alien Covenant, so you you would probably be better yeah. equipped to weigh in on that.
0: I will say that um, both these movies, like Alien Covenant and Prometheus, and then uh, the Predator, are you know mostly hated with you know they with a fair share of people who uh, defend them. Um, I will defend Alien Covenant. To my deathbed, I probably would not defend the Predator in public, other than on this podcast. <laughs> um, let's, let's let's put it that way. Uh, I had fun with the Predator um, because of how ridiculous it is. I genuinely love uh, Alien Covenant. I, I think it's so interesting and. Um, despite its flaws, which it has plenty of flaws, that the 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 two movie combo of Prometheus and Alien Covenant has plenty of flaws as an overall movie, but it's got so many interesting ideas and a uh, great performance by uh, Michael Fassbender that that really you know really locks it down and makes it something that's just so just intriguing and uh, unique within film, and I, I really think it has a lot. Like I think people should watch it with a more open mind. Let's put it that way. And I guess I could say the same thing about The Predator, but the the open mind would be watch it as a comedy, you know?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I was just curious, because it seemed like Alien Covenant, you know, was... Some people derided it as a pure uh you know paint by numbers remake some people were mad at it because it wasn't prometheus enough some people were mad at it because it took the seeds of prometheus but then kind of scrapped them and then went in another another direction like it seemed like Mm. a movie that was trying to serve a lot of masters and i kind of got that vibe from the predator as well not necessarily in terms of execution but in terms of um you know the the things it was trying to juggle
0: not to go on too much of a sure. tangent, but Covenant is like three quarters a sequel to Prometheus that is absolutely very successful as far as I'm concerned. And then one quarter a prequel to Alien, which is very unsuccessful. Um, so that's what it kind of comes down to. I All the stuff that continues the story set up from Prometheus is great as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, but then all the Alien shit that they just had to pigeonhole in because the studio said we need more Alien. Uh, blech, you know, <laughs>
1: no. I would have been totally um, on board if they did that thing where they net, let like Neil Blomkamp make his alien movies that were like actually alien movies, and then let like Ridley sure. Scott make his like Fever Dreams.
0: I wish we could add, add both. I don't see
1: why not. You know, because Ridley, Ridley I, I Scott think... hates. So I've heard that apparently he even hates aliens. Um, yeah, for for so, introducing yeah. the concept of the Queen. He apparently like <laughs> like anything related to like alien like um like xenomorph morphology and like they're like they're they're like as a species how they operate that doesn't like directly align with what he's into. Apparently, he's just like throws hissy fits about all of it. Um,
0: Ridley Scott hates everything. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Ridley yeah. He's he, grumpy old British
1: man. Right. makes pretty looking movies though i'll give him that
0: he sure does he sure (laughs) does well uh my next puzzle piece um and this one i'm i'm kind of uh i'm I'm doing a you right now this is something that i've never really seen before fantastic um but i i i have heard this comparison made and i just from my knowledge of it as a pop culture reference i i totally thought it myself as well and that's the a-team Okay. Um with uh the the whole crew is like very much like an A-team comedy action thing. Uh, a lot of wisecracking and, you know, blowing it up, you know.
1: yeah yeah i was like very Um, specifically trying to find i was like there have to be examples of other soldier movies where like they all have ptsd or they all are like like a way that they're all like in the loony bin together or something but i guess even a team like yeah they were all like frame like framed and they're all kind of like rogue bad boys who are now like stuck on the run together uh i could totally that's that's probably the closest example i'd be able to find yeah, so that,
0: that I've got another one coming up, but I'll save that for a little bit later after we uh, go on to your next.
1: Part. No, that, that totally works. So I'm yeah, I actually haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any of the A teams either. Um, but yeah, I guess in general, um, I think talking about like the way they all kind of like quip with each other. So this is the most recent movie that has thrown me off with this, and and I think there are a lot of movies that this um, this is applicable. So I'm kind of just picking one arbitrarily um with uh, avengers age of ultron is the last movie i remember where i would sit there and be like can you just shut the fuck up and stop making quips and just like kill the thing you're trying to kill <laughs> by by doing that like like there were a, a lot of scenes in and it wasn't just oh they're trying to be quip 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 because joss whedon kind of has that in general where you get like quipped to death but like there were multiple times it was like maybe not all of you needs to be like trying to get in a one-liner while you're fighting the predator. Um, and I feel like that's another another thing. It's like straight out of 80s movies where like every time you do yeah. a thing, you say a one-liner and it sort of worked back then. But like nowadays, if you're doing it and you're you're too good at it, And suddenly all your characters are good at it. It just comes like there's there was kind of a benefit to some of the lines being corny back in the day because it was bad. Whereas like a lot of this dialogue, sure, it's corny, but it's pretty clever dialogue in terms of like the back and forth. And Age of Ultron sort of had the same thing. But just once everyone sounds like a like a kind of funny quick machine who's like ready to go, it just completely undercuts any like actual urgency that's happening. And I think like there was a lot of that in the like later like scenes and um in like the early middle where just everyone is joke, 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 joke shoot, 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 joke joke, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. And it's like, maybe yeah. just actually shoot. So I'm sure there's a million better examples, <laughs> but the last time that it's like really, really annoyed me was Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh and I don't get to bitch that about that lot, movie. That makes enough. a lot of sense. So and I feel yeah, like no, Shane Black true. can be very Joss Whedon-y based on what I know about Shane Black. Um Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm sure, maybe even other Shane Black movies have the same problem. Um, I just don't know because I haven't, yeah, I haven't even seen like Lethal Weapon or anything like that. So,
0: oh wow, yeah, no, that that's one to watch. And of course, you know, The Nice Guys is like probably my favorite movie of this decade. I'm gonna watch it one um, of these days. But, uh yeah, I love it so much. You know, I was just thinking the the way you were saying that about, and I totally agree with your puzzle piece there, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um uh because of all the quips and just just getting so tiresome uh but it it just made me think and a quick plug for my new comedy rap demise and d-rocks album d and detox but the way i write is is that what it's called d
1: and detox
0: d &D and detox which is a play on the dr dre detox album it's been delayed for like 20 years yeah 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 um (laughs) but uh Yeah. No, when I, when I'm writing, what I do is I like, I have a little, uh, you know, notepad on my phone and I just will write like one line. Like when I think of a funny line, I write it in there and one line, I find it, I write it in there one line. I write it in there. And then eventually when I'm actually making a song, I just fit them all together in a way that like flows and makes sense. And I'm kind of thinking that's what Shane Black's approach to this movie was, was he just had like a book full of jokes and said, "Okay, now what's the thinnest predator plot we could come up with, and just insert all these jokes in there?"
1: <laughs> that, that
0: I mean, so, so in Predator like.
1: One, his character's whole point was that he was like the corny dude who was just constantly making jokes that didn't land. So I love that, like Keegan yeah. Michael Key's character <laughs> was the exact same thing. Like, like every joke he told was one that like everyone in the audience was already familiar with because their like Uncle had told it to them when they were younger or something like that.
0: Do, do you watch uh Red Letter Media? They very rarely.
1: Um I, I I watched their
0: review of the Predator and uh they were saying that Keegan Michael Key was like um, like when you're watching the Oscars or the MTV Awards, how they'll do like a skit where they insert a comedian yes. into a serious movie that he was basically that in this movie, <laughs> like where it would just like all of a sudden he's in a serious scene making a like ridiculous out of place joke. And it was like,
1: totally. Like- and they, I love <laughs> the amount of gravitas they gave like him and Thomas James's bromance. Like at the end when they both yeah. shot each other, that was awesome. Oh my that God. was, that was so brilliantly terrifying. <laughs> Terribly amazing like it was just oh, yeah. like 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 if you like mixed up lsd and testosterone and snorted both of them at the same time you would get like that moment of thomas jane on fire stabbing a predator in the neck over and over again impaled on a tree surviving just long enough for him and like keegan michael key to eye fuck each other and then nod and both shoot each (laughs) other at the same time while like sad dramatic music is playing like it worked and didn't work on so many levels simultaneously
2: (laughs)
0: i say to all of you out there who didn't like this movie if you didn't like that scene i mean come on man What, what
1: the fuck it was so great i i like it it was Corny and campy, but also good at the same time. And I bought it. Like, like they did, you know, they didn't have to spend much time characterizing the relationship those two dudes had. But like, I was really glad they did that. Cause like already, like, like, the introduction of a Tourette's character as a joke usually has me rolling my eyes almost immediately in a <laughs> yeah, movie. Um absolutely. and like absolutely like the Tourette's jokes were some of the worst like jokes in the movie in terms of just like killing. They were barely jokes. The- oh man, the fucking eat yeah. your pussy scene, like that oh, was like, Jesus hey, Christ. you know, we should take this like one line and just have everyone repeat the line for four minutes. And, like, it's still gonna be funny if we just keep saying the same thing four minutes later, right? And that just killed oh all momentum. God. But, like, you know, then suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, but also this other character who really seems like he's not that loopy, too. Let's just say, yeah, he killed the other guys' friends and now they're BFFs because it was like, oh, I almost killed you. I guess we might as well hang out. And it, like, shouldn't work, but I was super <laughs> on board with it. I was like, okay, cool. Like, they're they're bonded by the fact that they're both left Traumatized by the same incident, and now they're gonna both put each other out of their misery simultaneously in like the greatest display of machismo ever. So beautiful, a bromance for the ages,
0: absolutely. So, my next puzzle piece then, uh, and this is something we haven't brought up yet, but uh, the kid, yeah, uh, is autistic, yeah, and that is uh, an interesting thing to bring into the predator universe as a superpower. Um, I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's handled exactly very well, um, but it, it's it's at the same time it's it's kind of cool to you know give the idea of a kid with autism to be in an action hero you know situation. It's kind of cool that they work that in there. And mine uh, my next puzzle piece is the accountant, in which uh, Ben Affleck uh, you know is basically autistic Batman. I thought um, that was a
1: movie where he's an assassin. I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, he, he's an assassin who is also uh, autistic. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. He's got uh what's it called? Um,
1: like like Asperger's? Or is he like super autistic? Yeah, As- Okay, so he's just weird. Okay. Um, yeah. And, okay, yeah, because I was like looking for good examples of autism is a superpower type movies to cite, and I couldn't, but that's interesting. I didn't know. Okay, so he's like an autistic hitman? Does does yes, his like exactly. being very like, like 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 does his autism like make him better at being a hitman? Does he have like a photographic memory, or is he like very fastidious and that yeah, helps things? It, or exactly, okay. yeah,
0: it makes it where he like he remembers everything. He's able to set up in intricate plans and things like that. Sure. Um. Again, not handled really well, but I mean, I you you gotta kind of give him a little credit for trying to. To uh, shed a positive light, you know, sure. and and make a positive character. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> I feel like the both of these movies kind of handle it in similar ways, where it's like a you know a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Uh, what did you think about uh, Jacob Trebley's performance here as a uh, autistic kid uh, thrust into a big giant eighties action movie? Uh, well, I,
1: I think. The, based on the description I read of the original ending, is like it's not revealed that he's the one the predator really wants until the very end. Like, where like after right, everyone's right. dead, the predator like is like, "Oh yeah, uh, you're actually the greatest warrior." It's like, all right, well, that's cool. You just killed my dad and all his friends, but like, I guess I'll take solace in the fact that I'm the greatest <laughs> warrior on earth because I'm good at putting chess pieces back on a board. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it was super heavy-handed, obviously. Um, yes, and like I, you know, there, there's definitely something to the idea of I like I like that the I, I would have been more on board if it was that the predator like they wanted a way for the predators to want to get other skills from people, and I think everyone who wrote the script, yes. like you know, they do have those conversations about like is autism the next step in human evolution. Even ignoring that, I think they, you know, they wanted a way to say, well, the predator's already pretty tough. We got to make it smarter. And if they just had a kid yeah, yeah. who like had a photographic memory, who was able to learn how to use like, um, like a predator operating system very quickly, they wouldn't have been able to do the genetic yeah. engineering excuse. So they had to like, sort of sure. make it a genetic thing. That way there was something for the evil predator to want to steal from him. So I feel like they kind of like back Mm -hmm. themselves into the corner of like, well, being smart's genetic, but that's like not good enough. So like, how can we make it an actual genetic evolution mutation thing? Oh, let's just talk about how autism is like a superpower. And it's like the next step in whatever... (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting direction to go. Um I you know, I I think it's nice that they did that. Of course, it also led the setup for that retarded joke which is like oh, totally like That was Jesus that was like Christ the guys. 80s in like 4 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly.
1: Thomas Jane being I
0: mean that used to be completely okay.
1: <sighs> Thomas Jane being, oh, don't don't say that word. And it's like, "Oh, okay, it's funny cuz I'm making fun of him for being retarded." And then immediately it's like, yo, his kids retarded." It's like, "Wow, oh. you you like were like, I've got two ideas for a joke and I'm not sure which one is better. Let's just put both of them back to back. But that's like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> like something you you would have seen like I want- Like whoever was paired off with like Eddie Murphy in whatever buddy cop movie he was in at the time would like absolutely use like yeah. that exact joke.
0: I wonder with all the pushback that the studio gave them and they had to do all these crazy edits that totally like ruined the movie in a lot of ways. I wonder if the studio ever said to lose that joke. <laughs> I wonder, I, I wonder what kind just, of like, totally jokes that
1: them. they did have to lose that they kept oh, that Jesus. one, right? <laughs> like, like, oh, like The way the dialogue goes, Like, I, I feel like literally there would have had to be a scene where like... Um, like where like, Keegan-Michael Key goes, you know the funniest thing about having sex with a woman? When she says no. And it'd be like, what the fuck kind of joke is that, <laughs> Keegan-Michael <laughs> Key? Like, what? And they're like, all right, well, should we... You have to cut that line. And he'd be like, well, okay, well, do, should we cut the retarded joke, too? And he's like, let's just focus on this first. Like, what the hell are you saying, Shane? Like, like it was just so much... And I don't know if that I think I think you were onto something where like it was like simultaneously an homage and an instance of it like like there you know there's yeah I I was, and I was trying to think of a good movie to do that and honestly the best example I could think of was um and I guess this will kind of segue into another piece for me was actually Black Dynamite sure um. In terms oh, of nice. yeah. Black Dynamite makes fun of black exploitation movies by just being a black exploitation movie. Like that that's a
0: great puzzle piece. It's you're absolutely it, right Like it
1: doesn't every scene it does has something bad on purpose, but the the movie could have been shown 25 years ago, thir- well, wow, way more than 25 now, but like as a legit black exploitation film and it would have worked because yeah. it didn't get obsessed with making fun of what it was like. It made fun of it by just doing it as opposed to making yeah. fun of it. And, and so a lot of that dialogue worked in both ways of like, Oh, this really would have been a joke in the eighties. And also it's kind of funny because it's making fun of the dialogue from the eighties. And I feel like the predator very much in line with what you were saying about it being like an homage and also a send up and also just a recreation of one of these eighties movies. Um, And, and black dynamite was the best example I could think of. Like I was trying to find one that was more like eighties or actiony and like um, you know, the big one out there nowadays in terms of like eighties satire parodies is like Kung Fury. And I love Kung Fury. But that would not have been Mm. a movie in the 80s. Like, it emulates the style very well, but it's making fun of it so much it wouldn't pass. Right? It's like the difference between Scream and Scary Movie. Like, Scream works. You know what? Scream would have been just as good an example, actually, as as Black Dynamite. Um, Yeah,
0: that. that, Of, like,
1: Scream is a send up and a satire of slasher movies by being you know i am going to stick with black dynamite just because at least scream gets a little too meta um and Mm. predator kind of does that like with the jokes about the name the name of like oh it's not a predator that's a hunter oh really i think that's more of a stalker but like for the most part it it makes fun of itself by being what it's making fun of as opposed to undercutting itself too much um so yeah i guess black dynamite I, 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 i think
0: that's a really good one that's a really good one. And Scream would be a good uh, side piece to that. But yeah, definitely Black Dynamite is a perfect example of that that idea. Um, so I only have one more puzzle yeah. piece. And it's actually one that r- really I could have mentioned right along with the, the A-Team. Sure. Um, so we've already kind of talked a lot about the ideas here. But Con Air. yeah, um, Another movie with ragtag group of... Uh, of crazy criminals just throwing it up and joking. That's actually a really good one. When I was, when I was trying to think
1: of the like, oh, they're all bonded by the fact that they're crazy. Con Air would have been perfect. Oh, <laughs> I beat you. So for would. people listening to this podcast, <laughs> Dave knows that I, I'm the token Nicolas Cage guy um, on this podcast. Yes, you are. And uh, every every July 14th, a group of my friends celebrate Cage Fest. Um based around the movie Con Air because his daughter's birthday is July 14th. And like 15 times in the movie, he's like, I can't wait for July 14th. And that um, was like weirdly Matthew McConaughey-ish. That was not a good Nicolas Cage as- de- That was oh. very Matthew Yeah, it was super, it was. super McConaughey. But um, <laughs> but we, we just uh, out here in Seattle had the uh, Seattle branch of Cage Fest about a week ago. Um, and that involved lots of- We didn't watch Con Air this year, even though we usually watch Con Air, but oh my God, that's how, that's, that's a great example. (laughs) I'm glad you cited that. (laughs) You're (laughs) welcome.
0: And hopefully next year I can make it out to Cage Fest because that sounds like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got to, I got to send you, I I got you a Cage Fest shirt and I know you got me a Piecing It Together shirt. Nice. Um, Are we selling Piecing It Together shirts to fans? Like, should I, should this be a plug for that right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you you can go to uh is it T public? I don't even know my own link. Uh yeah, you can go to T public and uh wait, no, it's not T
1: public. Is it like Zazzle where there's just kind of a link that other people can get it printed on demand to their
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Well, the, exactly. The point being
1: you should um, join the uh yeah. the piece and get together movie discussion podcast. You should go to the website. You'll find out how to buy merch there. <laughs> yeah. Uh this uh, this episode That's brought to idea. you by All Points West. <laughs> <laughs> leading content provider oh. in the space <laughs> I'm sorry, I completely undercut that like if anyone hasn't seen Conair they now ha- they have no idea why these are similar. I should let you <laughs> actually explain Con air a. Little oh. more.
0: No, I, I think I think we mentioned it enough, and I think hopefully people who uh, you know who haven't seen Con Air will go out and see Con Air because that is a much uh, more amazing, beautiful movie. Uh, it's so we, we don't want people who haven't uh, seen Con Air
1: listening to this podcast. If we're being completely honest, like, exactly. like we don't want those kinds Seriously. of people.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So uh, do you have any more puzzle pieces? Well, So
1: this was one that kind of popped into my head while we were, um, while we were talking. And I guess I was trying to re- think of other examples of we team up with this alien to fight that alien. Um, and the only other thing that like, mm-hmm. really, really hit me hard was um, the TV show Falling Skies, if you're familiar with that, on TNT. Uh, it, it ended a couple years ago. I never ago. watched it. But oh, man, it. parts of it were so good. A lot of it was so not. But, um, yeah, it had, um, but so, so one of the core conceits of Falling Skies is that basically a new species of alien would be introduced at the end of every season for like at mm. first when the movie start, like the first season, it's pretty much them versus these like skittering, um, spider centaur alien things. And you get to the end of -hmm. of that season and then it's revealed that they're actually working for these other like overlord aliens. And then you get to the next season and at the end um, these new aliens show up, but these ones are all good guys who are like, you know, the, the bad guys have destroyed our planet and they're coming to destroy your planet too now. So we're here to help you fight back. And then, the next season, there's, like, another race of, like, well, like, actually, those um those spidery alien-type things are actually genetically modified versions of us, and we're another group of good aliens, but they killed us all and stole all of our DNA and turned themselves into these stronger monsters because of it and stuff. And it just, like, thinking about it now, it definitely hits a lot of those similar plot points of, like, these bad guys are coming and harvesting sure. other people's DNA, making themselves stronger to conquer planets. And then there's another group who's like, Hey, um, you know, we disagree with the idea that humans should be destroyed. So like, we're going to come and help you guys out and give you the technology. Uh, and I just haven't gotten to talk about falling skies in a while too. So that was another <laughs> example that man, parts of that show were so good. Oh, like I, I remember hearing it was really good. I just never got around it was, to it. it. It had a really good cast, and it would just like super go off the rails a lot because they yeah. just kind of had to keep turning. It. And like the um, God, like the, the 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 final season is just such a travesty. Like so bad compared <laughs> to like like it had jumped the shark like four times already. And the whole ending is just so disgusting. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, like Steve. Originally, when they yeah. started, there was a big deal. It was like a Steven Spielberg production. I can't imagine he stayed, like, right, right. involved in that, like, after the first episode. But. Oh, yeah. He was. Good oh, on. yeah. Just, like, the, the minute they, like, finish, like, writing his name, he's like, all right, cool. I, I think I've. My work here is done. But, yeah, I don't really have anything. Uh, like, like that was worth mentioning, just because it's the only other really good example I know of of a we're teaming up with these aliens to fight these aliens kind of thing. Um, sure, but I wish sure. that was a better example. There, like it felt like such a tired trope that I was astounded that I couldn't like yeah, easily yeah. find more examples of it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna think of some after we finish. Yeah, the court yeah.
1: for sure. Okay. Clearly, this is it's the movie that, that deserves a um, follow up episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely. I I could keep talking for hours. Um, Let's go ahead and do the finish puzzle then. Uh, So, our final list here is Aliens vs. Predator 2, Independence Day. One and two. Aliens. Yeah, oh, that's right. Independence Day, one and two. Uh, Jurassic Park, Avengers, Age of Ultron, The A Team, Black Dynamite, The Accountant, Falling Skies, and Con Air. So, uh, let's, uh, let's finish this thing up. Any other, uh, any other things you wanted to mention or talk about with this, uh, this ridiculous
1: movie? (laughs) I don't know, Matt. So, like, I walked into this expecting to despise it. Like, really hate it. Um, you know, you, you had already been shit-talking it a decent amount. Everyone else had already been shit-talking a decent amount. I Mm -hmm. saw it with my dad, who happened to be in town. And my dad was, like, you know, pretty into those movies back in the day. Um, And then when it was done, I turned to him and I was like, I don't know about you, but like, I really enjoyed like the first half, first two thirds of it. Uh, And he was like, yeah, I I thought it was Mm -hmm. pretty good until the end too. Um, And even the end was fine. It was just rushed and poorly done. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just rushed. I felt. Um, So, and, and I think that was you know that may have been because i didn't have much nostalgia for the franchise i and I, and i do think going into it having seen your like warning about like i think this is just what 80s movies actually were like we just didn't notice yeah um you know sort of makes sense and especially like the idea of like what is predator in a post the expendables world kind of thing like because
0: seriously that's a good and and i
1: i don't know if predators came out in a post expendables world i don't remember when those came out relative to each other but like there was sort of the discussion back when predators came out about like oh predator used to be about like the toughest dudes of all time and now we've got fucking adrian brody and the kid from that 70s show as like main people (laughs) in a predator movie and I didn't. I didn't really feel that with this one, even though it wasn't like dudes who were like. I watch a lot of Always Sunny, and they constantly talk about how Predator is like pound for pound the most muscle mass on any like cast in an action movie, and like that's not what you're getting with this Predator. But no. I still had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with it, and it, I still, it, I it still kind of gave me that feeling of watching like like the same kind of feeling that like i love point break and i watch point break and that is like pure machismo in a movie that isn't about dudes who are jacked and i sort of got the same vibe from this movie about like no one here is super jacked (laughs) but they are all just like snorting testosterone like at all times and um uh in the piece of get together podcast um facebook group which everyone should join we recently shared uh, a video where uh, nicholas cage does a retrospective of all of his movie roles and he specifically talks about how like when filming con air like everyone would like sneak up and like do push-ups between sets to try to seem tough and apparently uh during the filming of predator <laughs> one um all the cast members would wake up at like three in the morning to work out because none of them wanted to be caught working out by any of the other ones because they were all kind of trying to like act like it was all natural because everyone was just like that insecure about their physique and stuff like that. And this didn't kind of seem well. They're around Arnold, so I'm yeah. on. <laughs> and and this didn't necessarily seem like a movie where any of those actors would have been doing that, but they still kind of embodied that like. Mood that actors doing that would carry across, and like I'm I'm sure, like Keegan Michael Key worked his ass off to like get jacked for this movie or whatever. But like, it didn't necessarily matter for the characters or anything like that. But they still, you know, walked and talked like they did, and it didn't. It didn't feel like it was fronting. It did very much feel like it. It took some modern sensibilities, but then otherwise, just straight up made a movie that would have been Predator if Predator didn't already exist.
0: Exactly. Um, No, a lot of good points. And yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I strangely, I I had fun with this movie. Absolutely. It's, it's just such a mess in almost every way, but I had a lot of fun with it. Obviously I have my theory on it, which I'm going to run with because I, I want to believe that because I love Shane Black. Um so I'm just going to stick with it regardless of any contrary uh, evidence. Um one other thing I did want to ask yeah. you about before we wrap this thing up. Um uh, so it seems like in all the descriptions yeah. of this movie um and also the trailer. So I mean I know this is what was happening <laughs> but still um they say it's about a a young boy who brings the predators to earth after receiving their their uh you know equipment and playing with it in his room um within the scenes of that happening in the movie i didn't get that at all
1: no no a oh you bit. know what I, and
0: i i guess it's editing wise but i don't know I, I
1: i wanted to call out i forgot to call out and and i was debating trying to do like i was almost debating doing like phantom menace as like a puzzle piece for this but the like over explaining of like predator culture the little bits like like all the scenes that had subtitles with the predators talking didn't need to be there (laughs) at all there's like literally a scene where like the predator the super predator is like talking to home base and he's like I've hunted down the rogue agent, but, like, the cargo is missing. And it was, like, then another predator, like, texts him back and is, like, are there any humans you can, like, ask what's up? And then he goes back, like, yes, there are several human leads that I can follow. And it's, like, so unneeded like there has to have been a better way when they when
0: they use the audio translator i actually did laugh out loud when they used the audio I, translator that was and such so a dumb were, scene
1: they, they were just straight up there was such English. a dumb scene but on the other oh hand i i had this conversation <laughs> with my dad walking home from the movie is i they 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 needed to find a way for the predator to say i'm giving you a 10 minute head start Because that's a very Predator thing to do. And that's kind of like a cool badass thing. But then they stopped and then were like, wait, Predators don't really speak English. How are we going to do this? And they tried to work backwards from the, and I'm sure there was like a moment where like there was no dialogue, just a timer started. And they were like, what's going on? And then like Sterling K. Brown went like, he's giving us a head start. Like they must've tried a bunch of different ways and then like that somehow was the least bad because i don't think there's any good way for a predator to stop and have a rational conversation with you to then tell you it's going to eviscerate you in like 45 seconds so like that like I, I don't blame them for doing what they did with the translator <laughs> god i actually forgot oh, about boy. that until you brought yeah it up. i think
0: we could just chalk all this up to just yeah, it's just just messiness. That's what it all comes down to. Oh, man, to, I can't wait for the but, Zack Snyder uh, extended well, it's edition. Cer- certainly fun.
1: I, w- I wonder if the uh, oh, alternate yeah, ending, like way. any footage of it is going to come about or whatever. Because like, I think Shane Black's been pretty forward about like what that content was that was missing. And I even think he doesn't disagree. I think he was kind of like, yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like Predator at the end. And yeah, if it had a different yeah. ending, I don't necessarily know that the movie would have felt like Predator. because you. Know, I, the first half kind of was a little bit predator in the suburbsy the way you were talking about how it didn't like fully fulfill on that promise like it, it didn't get super predatory yeah. until you know the last 40 minutes or so like all the stuff that was reshot so I don't necessarily disagree with whoever's idea it was to do those reshoots they just obviously didn't happen organically enough But you are totally right. I am now remembering the commercial where it looks like the kid hits a button and then that summons the predator. Um, I only saw one commercial for this movie. I went into it pretty blind. Um,
0: I think it's in the synopsis too, though. Like, I think it's literally the synopsis to the film when a young boy receives a piece of alien technology, summons the predator or something like that, like along those lines. And I'm like, I don't think that really happened. Like at least they didn't show it like that. You know, it's just. But I think it's because they were trying to edit yeah. back and forth between scenes of him doing that and other stuff. Having not, so it's like they just totally uh, having not remembered
1: him. exactly what it is. My best guess would be that maybe the kid. So like the the evil pre or the um the rogue predator like opened a hole in sl- slip space and disappeared. Um. I'm wondering if it was the kids tinkering that accidentally set a beacon to the super predator. So like the super predator didn't know where the rogue predator disappeared to until the kids set off right, a beacon right. or something. Maybe. Um, you know what? You know what,
0: dude? You know what? Seriously? It all makes <laughs> sense now. <laughs>
1: Everything is, uh, the whole goodness. The but, whole movie is now, like, the whole last act, it all is good now because of that. Like, I don't know. That's, that's the best I can think of trying to do. That. I don't know. Shane Black forcing uh, kids into, like, I don't know. I, I've only also seen Iron Man 3. So in my mind now, that's just what Shane Black does, is unnecessarily inserts 11-year-olds and people who want to fuck those 11-year-olds into his movies. <laughs> I had to do it once. I had to make that joke once. Oh and now we're good. Um, but oh, I don't know. God. I had fun. You should, you should go see The Predator if you're not precious about predators and stuff. And you-
0: Exactly. That's what, it comes, that's what it comes down to. If you're, if you're not the world's biggest Predator fan, just go see yeah, it and have yeah. fun. Um, so, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Do you have anything you want? To uh,
1: I'm trying to think we, uh, you know, C- cage fest is this week. So as always, um, just watch as many Nicolas cage movies as you can. That's just general life advice for our listeners. Uh, agree, we got, I agree. Overlord coming out soonish. I think I've started seeing reviews for that. Does that mean it's coming out pretty soon? We're going to have to do a, we're going to have to do uh, that. Yeah. That'll be.
0: I will save that one yeah, for you. It's Absolutely not a Cloverfield. We'll, we'll talk about it as a Cloverfield.
1: Because even if everything it's not, is a Cloverfield, it
0: that's. Oh, you know, <laughs> I got you to
1: say it with the A. Right. I don't know. I don't know about the predator. Oh, uh, uh, but... yeah, the, the predator. <laughs> It was absolutely a Cloverfield in that it, it was, but it was like, a, it was like a Cloverfield paradox more like just a hot mess. Yes, that's that right. was like, that's
0: right.
1: I, my, my goal is that eventually there will be enough Cloverfield movies out that we can do. Um, uh, an episode of piecing it together for a non-Cloverfield movie where I exclusively compare it to Cloverfield movies. Like, I can be like, this is how it was like Cloverfield. This is how it was like 10 Cloverfield Lane. This is how it was like the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, this one was a lot more like the Cloverfield Paradox. But, that... <laughs> but that's that's the end goal.
0: The day that happens is the day I... That's when I end the
1: show. <laughs> the, season f- the series finale <laughs> is the episode...
2: This is Wookiee Radio. Translated for the Wookiee American. I like that Wookiee. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, Hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just
1: assumed it's a Wookiee.
2: Start listening today, and remember... The Force will be with you, always.
0: Alright, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Darty about the Predator. Um I, I hope you go see it with the kind of mindset we had when we saw it. Um it's not it's not really a so bad it's good movie, kinda of like the nun, which we did a couple of weeks ago. Um it's more of a just turn your brain off and it's good kind of a movie. Um I I don't know if Shane Black would be uh would be flattered by that statement, but you know what? It is what it is. I still love the nice guys. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. So uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. It was kind of a long one, actually, so I should probably keep this brief. Just remind you all, thank you for being subscribed to the show. And if you're not yet, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, a whole bunch of other apps. Make sure you get subscribed, rate and review, follow us on social media, at PiecingPod. And with that... So I want to remind you, my new music video, Artificial, is now out on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. And you know what? It goes along with a little thing I mentioned here earlier in the show. Uh, I do have a new comedy rap album coming out. I try not to talk about that stuff too much because it's hugely offensive, the kind of offensive that was in this movie. So I guess it makes sense to talk about it. Um, but new album by Demise and D-Rocks, which is one of my many comedy rap projects. It is... Uh, called d and Detox. That's the name of the album. It's a play on the uh, Dr. Dre Detox uh, album that's been delayed for like 20 years or something. And of course, you're not supposed to explain jokes because then they become not funny, and that's what I just did. But, oh well. But anyway, this song uh, is one of the songs from that new album. I think the one that makes the most sense to play because I think the Predator himself would like it is
2: I'm a Killer. I'm a Killer. I'm a Killer. Dave and you know that we be putting motherfuckers in the grave as a matter of fact you know what? Fuck rap. All I really wanna do is peel motherfuckers' wigs back and make them hurt. Make them die, make them bleed out of the eyes. Make them beg for the lives on the last night of their lives. This is killer rap. It's kinda my thing. Making my enemies die and make a beat that bang. Death to everyone who isn't one of my pups. I'm a crazy motherfucker from my brain to my nuts. My favorite thing about life is stabbing people to death. I fucking murder everybody till there's nobody left. I'ma do it till I die, which means probably forever, right? Here's a new song that you can take to your next life. Hey! I'm a killer, killing everybody cause it's just what I do Hey, ha, I'm a killer, killing everybody and I'm gonna kill you too Hey, ha, I'm a killer, killing everybody cause it's just what I do Hey, ha, I'm a killer, killing everybody and I'm gonna kill you too Only three things guaranteed in life, yo what's that? Death, taxes, and demise with a knife You can try if you like, but you're gonna end up dead or at least you'll be missing a head Or an arm or a heart or any other body part It's hard for me to stop killing once I start All the is entrails fucking covered with semen You better think twice before you slide into my DM I'm the demon hiding in the closet under your bed Glowing and my teeth are all red I'm the noise you hear when you think you're home alone And then I'll haunt your dreams Say you think you can't go wrong. You call the suicide hotline I pick up the phone but I won't get off the line Until your brains is blown I'm the thriller, a gorilla, a motherfucking cat pillar But for real I'm a motherfucking killer Hey, ha, I'm a killer Killing everybody cause it's just what I do Hey, ha, I'm a killer Killing everybody and they're gonna kill you too Hey Cause it's just what I do Hey, ha, I'm a killer Killing everybody and I'm gonna kill you too I'm a killer